Last Sunday morning, I preached on death may be closer than you think. And right after that message, my uncle passed away. I know of four or five people close to me that's passed away since that message. But today, I want to preach on the subject, footprints in the sand. Psalm chapter 23, verse number 1. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. What a blessing that is. John chapter 10, then we'll get into the message. This is what the word of God says. Jesus speaking. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. Look at verse 14. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and I am known of mine. And verse number 27. My sheep hear my voice. I know them. And they follow me. Brother Rob, will you pray over this message, please? The Word of God says, when we draw nigh unto God, He will draw nigh unto us. It's a promise. Let me ask you a serious question this morning. Are you really following the footprints of the Nazarene, or are you doing your own thing? So many people in our generation, brothers and sisters, are doing their own thing. They don't want God telling them what to do. They want to live their own life. They don't want God forcing the pathway of their life because it makes them uncomfortable. But if you really want to be in the will of God and you really want to be used of God, at an early age, you better sacrifice yourself daily to the Lord. You better, you better throw yourself on the altar of mercy. And um, I'm thinking about Psalms 26.2 says this, Examine me, O Lord, and prove me. Try my reins and my heart. Our churches are full of people who put on their pretty dresses, their finest suits. They carry their King James Bible and seemingly say all the right things, but on the inside they are thousands of miles away from God. They're not even close to what the Bible's talking about. You know, you have people on Facebook that seem so godly in their face. It's called Facebook Christianity, but it's not biblical Christianity. It's it's amazing if you knew the secret lives these people lived and they post these things. Um, This is what Jesus said. The roughest chapter in the Bible as far as Pharisees are concerned. Matthew 23, 27. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. Jesus was not afraid to tell the truth to anybody. Give us more preachers like John and Jesus, man. For ye are like, for ye are like unto whited sepulchres, which indeed appear beautiful outward, but are within full of dead man's bones and of all uncleanness. People in our churches talk a big game, but they forget that God sees the heart, and he knows all the secret sins that we do throughout the week. Matthew 15, 8 says, the people, This people draw nigh with me with their mouth, and honoreth me with their lips but their heart is far from me. God is not pressed by what people say. He can see right through that. He is impressed by the fruit we bear. The Bible says in John 15, 8, Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit, so shall you be my disciples. That's what the Word of God says. So this morning I want to show you who's really close to the Lord according to the Bible, 
and I'll show you who is distant from him. And I'm going to do that, Miss Gunther, by showing the relationship between the shepherd and the sheep. As we examine these truths, it will, cl it will clearly determine who is really loves God and who, th who really thinks they love God. It's a big difference. 1 John 2, 4-5 says, And he saith, I know... Um, he saith, I know him, and, and he that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whosoever keepeth his word, in him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him. You understand God knows the hairs on your head, it's numbered. God knows your thoughts. God knows your uprising and your downsitting. You may fool people, but you're never going to fool God. He sees what you do in private. And I want to take God's word. I'll take God's word over what somebody says all the time. You're going to have to prove from the Bible. You're going to have to show me fruit. Um, I pray that we all become honest about our walk with God. And as we look at God's word today, the shepherd and the sheep relationship will tell us everything we need to know in regards to our closeness with the Savior. So let's jump right into the message. Number one, when we are really close to the shepherd, you will not have the spirit of fear dominating your life. Pastor Gunther, this burns me up in churches, man. People can't worship God, Ben, because there's fear in everything that comes down the pipe. That is not of God. That is not of God. I mean, David was taking on lions and bears, you know, and standing in front of Goliath in total faith, while all the other ones were chicken and doing nothing. You know what I'm saying? And in our churches, this is swept through our churches, this fear. And when you have fear, you're going to be controlled by the devil, by the world, by the flesh. You're not going to be controlled by the Holy Spirit. And, and this is the problem in our churches. People are not going to be, people are not honest with God. They, they're so concerned, Brother Vipon, about impressing other people and trying to, you know, convince other people that they're walking with God. But if anybody knows the Bible, it's very easy to see through that. You know, it, it's clear. The Bible says Psalm 23, 4. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff comfort me. You understand, fear is the enemy of faith. And, and when we're dominated by that, Pastor, in our churches, we can never have revival. We got to get over fear. Um, when you walk close to the shepherd, fear will melt away. Pastor talked about this in the prayer room, about fear melting away. And his peace will surround you. Isaiah 41.10 says this, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, while I help thee, yea, while I uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. The closer you get to the shepherd, the more security, safety, and serenity you will feel on a daily basis. John 14, 27 says this, Peace I leave with you, and peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Isaiah 26, 3 says, and thou shalt keep them in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. It's apparent in our generation that people's minds are not on God. Because when your mind is on God and you understand the Bible, when you understand that you're a conqueror, you're a victor, you're an overcomer in the things of God. And what a sad testimony it is to the world. Why would the world want what we have if we're fearful of everything? We're supposed, because he lives, we can face tomorrow. We just sang that in the prayer room. I mean, we got to get over this stuff. And it's contagious. When people are fearful, they'll convince other people of this, and they're not walking by faith. The Bible says in, in Matthew 14, 29, it's not my notes, Jesus bit, he, 
he spoke to Peter and said, walk on the water. I bid thee walk on the water. Jesus, Peter told Jesus, bid me walk on the water. And he walked on the water. But all the other disciples sat in the boat and did nothing because they were fearful. And this is the problem that we're facing in churches. This crowd who constantly lives in fear is telling us through their actions, they're telling us through their actions, Brother Vipon, that they have forsaken their prayer closets and they have forsaken daily fellowship with the master because fear is the enemy of faith. Second Timothy 1.7 says this, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. You understand when that maniac of Gadara got saved, Brother Vipon? that he was fearful his whole life, crying and cutting himself with stone. He was miserable. He was, he was tortured daily by fear. But when he came to Jesus, the Bible says in Mark 15, 5, 15, that he was seated, he was clothed, and he was in his right mind for the first time in his whole life. And that's what we need. As God's children, we are overcomers, conquerors, and we are sheltered from the storms if we abide under the shadow of his wings, according to Psalm 91.4. When I come to God's house... I'm ahead of my notes real quick. Let me jump back. Um, in the shepherd's presence, there is love, there is comfort, there's abiding peace. And when you are close to him, it will drive away fear. 1 John 4, 18 says this. I wish people could learn this verse in the house of God. There is no fear in love. Any church that's dominated by fear is not of God. That's what the Bible teaches. But perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. In other words, those who talk about fear more than they do faith are not mature Christians. They're not. They don't understand the Bible. And they are distant from the shepherd. John 16.33 says this, These things have I spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation. It's going to happen. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. We are overcomers. Jesus asked his disciples this question. Why are you so fearful? And I ask you the same question. In the Bible, 365 times in God's word, it tells us to fear not and be not afraid. Christians fear everything that comes along life's pathway, and that is evidence that they are not close to the shepherd as they should be. The Bible says the just shall live by faith. When I come to God's house, I don't want to hear about COVID. I don't want to hear about drama. I don't want to hear about other fear. I want to hear about my shepherd who longs to fellowship with his children. God's house is a place of worship. It's not a place of worry. Leave your worries outside the door. And unplug and worship God. When you get in his presence, all fear melts away. And it's apparent that people aren't walking with the shepherd because they're not in his presence. You know, it, it's evident. Um, if we are close to him, we will not live in fear. Number two, if we are close to the shepherd, he will be in charge of our lives, not us. This is the biggest problem we have in churches. People are afraid to let go of the steering wheel of their life and let God take over. Jesus, Savior, pilot me. The, the Bible talks about for he is our God. We are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. The Bible says, let us bow and kneel before the Lord, our maker. Um, when you are in the will of God and you are one of his own, you will have no problem following him as he leads. The old song says, where he leads me, I will follow. John 10, 27 says this. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. You got to learn how to take your hands off your own life and let God control you. Because if you don't, your life's going to be miserable. It's going to be sinking sand. And when you really love God, you will say from your heart, not my will, but thy will be done. And you will walk 
and you will allow him to direct your paths. And if you do that, Mishai, he will guide your steps all the days of your life. The Bible says in Psalms 37, 23, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. He can put your life together if you allow him to. Um, Jesus must be the pilot of our life, and we must allow him to guide us. Psalms talks about that he must be our guide unto death. We need to get out of the way, and we need to let God take over. That's, that's what we need. Matthew 4, 4, 19 through 20, when he was starting his ministry, this is what Jesus did. He walked by the Sea of Galilee. He seen Peter and Andrew standing there fishing, casting their nets into the water. That was their livelihood. And Jesus called them. And immediately they left their nets and forsook their family and followed Jesus in the way. Immediately. That's what God's looking for. No strings attached. When he calls, you follow. You don't question it. Um, the shepherd's job is to lead us. And our job is to trust his leading. But far too many try to figure out life on their own, and when they do that, it results in sinking sand and devastation. Matthew 7, 26-27 says this, These sayings of mine, He that, and everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man, which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon the house, and it fell, listen to this phrase, and great was the fall of it. Most people we counsel have the same problem over and over and over. They're trying to figure out things on their own, and they're not listening to instruction from the Word of God. And, that, and it's, we're just in a mess in our Christianity. Um, when you get close to the shepherd, you will be, um, he will be first place in your life. Miss Jessica, I told you this years ago, and look how God's put your life together. I'm so proud of you. This is what the Bible says, Matthew 6.33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and his righteousness, and all these other things in life will be added unto you. But he must come first. If you put him on the back burner and give him the leftovers, your life will never turn out the way it's supposed to be. And um, it, it's just Bible reality. God wants, us, God wants to be first place in our lives, and those who are close to the shepherd will experience his power and his, and his presence along life's highway. Psalm 1611 says this, Thou shalt show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy, and at thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Those of us who walk with the Lord know about joy. We know about pleasure. We know about God's goodness, his blessings, his miracles, his provision. We know about all of it because we're close to the shepherd. And when you're outside of the will of God, you're never going to know these things. Many wonder why their lives are falling apart, but the answer is simple. When storms come, they try everything else, and they go to everyone else besides the shepherd, and their lives get far worse. I trust what the shepherd can do with my life far more than what I can do with my life. It's a quote. I never, listen to me very carefully. Ben, you're here, and you're at a tender age, and, and Noah as well, and I was at this point. When I was 19 years old, I, I gave God everything. Miss Jessica, you remember, open door. And um, I remember this. I never planned on getting married, never. I never even thought about it. until I didn't get married until I was 27 years old. I didn't have my first date until I was 25 years old because I was consumed with doing the will of God, helping preachers and things of that nature. I never planned on having a family. I never even thought about having a car. I didn't think about any of these things. It was not my priority. This was on the back burner of my life because I knew that verse, Jessica, if I just put God first, he would put it together for me somewhere down the line. And... Um, I never thought about a house, but, when I, but because I got close to the shepherd, this is so important, Noah, because I got close to the shepherd at a young age, God added all those things in my life naturally. I didn't have to force it. It became natural. 
What we have in our generation, Brother Fipon, is impatient people that can't wait on God. They want to force everything. They want to outrace God. And you got to calm down. you got to be still and know that he is God. You can't force situations. You have to wait on God. The Bible says if you wait on the Lord, he will renew your strength. You will mount up at wings as eagles. You shall walk and not be weary. You shall run and not faint. Run and not be weary. Walk and not faint. So we need to be patient in our walk with God. We need to learn from other people. We need to rely on God and not our own abilities. If we start relying on our own abilities, we're going to sink quick. And that's just a lesson we should also learn. When you are close to the shepherd and you allow him to control your future and trust him to do what's best. Psalm 62, 7 says, trust in him at all times. Let go and let God, famous message, let him take over. Number three, when you're close to the shepherd, you will be able to hear his voice clearly. Listen to me. This generation cannot hear the voice of God. They got too much clutter in their life. They got too much distractions. They got too much selfishness in their life. They cannot hear the voice of God. The Bible says, my sheep hear my voice. That's what the Bible says. We need to shut off the TVs and the media and all this other junk. You know what I'm saying? And get back in the word of God again. Dust, wipe the dust off our Bible and our prayer closet and, and get back in it. And um, the Bible also says, and the sheep follow him and they know his voice. It's familiar to them when he speaks. Um, the Bible says in 1 Kings, this has been my life verse for many, many years, Brother Rob. 1 Kings 19, verse 12. The Bible says, Ben, that Elijah could hear the still, small voice of God. Ask yourself, when's the last time you heard God clearly speak to you? Clearly speak to you. Um, when you are close to the shepherd, you will know his voice clearly, and you, and, you can't, and you can't hear him if you're distant from him. I'm going to use some examples today. I, I was thinking about this with this. Imagine you were in a church. Imagine you were just in a setting with... 35,000 people in the building. Think about this. This is relating to the voice of God. There's 35,000 people in, this, in the building, and you're in the farthest seat in the back. What are the chances that you're going to hear the voice of that speaker? What are the, you're so distant, you can't even hear the voice. But the people on the front row, they see everything the man says. They see everything he does. They see his mannerisms. They can feel his breath. They can feel his presence. And they can hear his voice. That's why there's levels with God. You understand? If you're distant and cold from the Father, you're never going to hear his voice. Clearly. And you're going to have no direction in your life. But those who are hungry and those who are on fire for God will hear that voice. This seems like a thing of the past, Miss Gunther, because we're in such a Laodicean age. But God is real. God's still on his throne. The Bible says that we can come boldly and find grace and help in the time of need. I'm going to give you some examples from my own personal life about hearing the voice of God. I remember one day I was working at a place called Poco, and back in those days we were going to church six times a week and in and, and, and every revival meeting possible and just hungry for God. But I was working such long hours, I was struggling at that time to find proper time to do my Bible reading. Um, and I remember sitting in my car, I was listening to a preaching tape, and I said, man, I was speaking to the Lord, I said, wouldn't it be wonderful to have the Bible on CD? I was planning on going to do that. You know, maybe in a few weeks I'll go buy it on CD, Alexander Scorby. And I remember thinking that, and from out of nowhere, the Lord spoke to my heart and said, don't worry, it'll be taken care of. It's done. It's taken care of. Don't even worry about it. You don't have to go buy it. The very next day, a man came up to me in tears at my work. He came up to me, Pastor, and he said, I was standing in line at the store, and the Spirit of God nudged my heart to buy you the Bible on CD. 
and he came and handed it to me the next day with tears running down his face. When you hear that voice of God, it, it, it's sure. It comes in surety, and you, and you understand it's God speaking to you. I remember listening, Pastor Gunther was just talking about this, listening to the preaching tapes. I encourage you highly to find as many anointed preachers as you can and listen to them constantly. Saturate yourself with God's word, God's preaching. And I remember we were having a revival at that time. It was uh, all the great preachers were there that week. And I remember I was listening to a tape about Bethesda's pool from a man named Dr. Mendez. And I remember I was listening to that. The Lord spoke in my heart and said, I want you to help my man. I want you to help my choice servant. And I said, yes, Lord. And I waited for a minute. I said, what is the amount? I wanted to know clearly the amount. And he spoke to my heart. It was $1,500. I wrote a check. I took it to church. I gave it to Dr. Mendez. He said, you sure you want to do that? I said, yes, yes, sir. I'm positive I want to do that. The Lord spoke to my heart. And he pulled out a bill, a dentist bill, Ben. And he just went to the dentist, had three teeth pulled. It was exactly $1,500 a penny. That's what happens when you can hear God's voice. You're, you have direction in your life. You, you know when God's speaking to you. I remember telling Aaron on a Sunday night, I'll never forget this. I leaned over. We were getting in the car. I was getting ready to hear Pastor Ammon, I believe. I believe he was preaching that night. And um, I remember getting in the car, and I, I sat down in the passenger seat, and God spoke to my heart, and I told my wife. I told my wife, and I said, Aaron, you might not understand this. I don't even understand it. But the first person we see tonight, you're going to give us $100, and we're going to put it in the offering plate. The first person we see in that church gave us $100, we put it in the offering plate. That's God, and you got to be right with Aaron. Yeah, I'm saying <laughs> you got to be you got to be on your p's and q's. Man. She's not going to hear this, is she? Praise the Lord. My daughter. We had three names picked out for my daughter: Hope, Melody, Emma. I'll never forget this. We could not decide on a name. I told Aaron we're going to go. In, I'm going to go into prayer about this, and we'll get an answer from God. Lord will. Six months. Or three months before she was born, God gave me the name Hope. And I told Aaron, we're going to name her Hope. I think that's the name. God's given me peace about it. She was born, think about this. She was born on August 8th, 24. And when we left that hospital, right before we left, I had my Bible with me. And the Lord told me to open my Bible. I flipped it open, Pastor, and it went right to Romans 8.24. Let me read you what that verse says. For we are saved by hope. But hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for? Hope was found four times in that same verse after God gave me confirmation about that. I remember we were going through a furniture place, and we don't really care about material things at all. Really, honestly, I could care less about it. But our TV was super old. We weren't even looking for a TV that night. We were looking for furniture, actually, that night. But Paul's, Paul's TV, I think it's Art Band or something. And there was a TV, a 42-inch screen. I was like, wow, that looks pretty nice. Aaron pointed it out to me. I say, and we were going to, I said, maybe we'll buy it, you know. And then I didn't feel peace about it, Pastor. I remember the Lord speaking to me. I, said, I, told, I turned to Aaron Barron and I said, we're not going to get that TV. I said, the Lord will provide it somewhere down the road. The very next day, we got a call from her friend Megan Piazza down in um, uh, the rich neighborhood. I can't remember where it is. And she said, um, she said, I got a 42-inch TV I'm giving away if you want it. We have it hanging in our living room. I listen to YouTube videos all the time. You know, hearing that voice, it's a lost art in our day. And I wish more people would get close to Jesus and hear his voice. There's nothing like hearing his voice. There's nothing like it. And you're missing out big time if you don't understand that. Number four, if you're close to the shepherd, you will feel his touch upon your life. The closer you get to Jesus, the more you experience his mighty touch. 
Matthew 17, 7 says, And Jesus came and touched them and said, Arise and be not afraid. When he touches you, all fear will leave you. Only one touch from the shepherd can change everything. Matthew 8, 14 through 16 says this, And when, when Jesus was coming to Peter's house, he saw his wife's mother lay sick of the fever, and he touched her hand, and the fever left her, and she arose and ministered unto them. Our number one desire when we come into the church should be to see sinners touched, to see saints touched by God's hand. And we are close to the shepherd. You will have energy, joy, excitement, enthusiasm, and you will have faith that it can happen. But if you're distant and cold, you will never shout. You will never rejoice. You will never magnify his name and give him the credit he's due. You will hinder the moving of God in your local church. That's what the Bible teaches. The Bible says that Christians get to the point through, through stubbornness and hardness and never staying tender to God. Paul said you can get past feeling. You can be in the greatest services known to man and, and God still can't touch you because you're hard. You're hard heart. And, um, but, but I think about this. Um, I want to jump to point five because I'm running out of time. Um, can I, do you mind if I have a couple more minutes? I want, I want to preach on this subject real quick. Um, number five, when you're close to the shepherd, you will have no, follow, no problem following instructions. Zero. When you get saved, you're a brand new creature created in Christ Jesus. And when you get saved, you become the sheep of his pasture. And if you have a hard time following instructions, then you might want to check up on what you have. Because it's not biblical or you're backslidden, one of the two. You know what I'm saying? Because, because the Bible is very clear about this. When you're a true sheep, the shepherd is leading you, and you have no problem with that. This is what the Bible teaches. When he gives instructions, the sheep listen intently. When he is leading them, they fully trust him. When he is present, talking about the shepherd, they honor and respect him. We need to get that back in our churches. When he is feeding them, they, are, they are all eat gladly, and they don't complain. When he rebukes them, they, take, they don't complain about it. When he is guiding them, they do, they do not buck his authority. When he is trying to help them, they are truly thankful. When he is protecting them, they appreciate it. When he corrects them, they don't get bitter, and they, they get better. When you are close to God, we will honor and respect, cherish, love, and respond when the shepherd speaks, and we will not try to rebel or refuse his authority. This crowd that gets upset, angry, violent, and distant anytime the shepherd or the under-shepherd tries to correct them is either far from the shepherd or not even in the fold at all. That's what the Bible teaches. The Bible says in Psalms, Brother Zollers, that perfect peace have they which love thy law, and no one and nothing shall offend them. Nothing. If it's coming from God's word, I can never, ever remember a time in my whole life where I got mad at a preacher for telling me the truth. Never. Now, they might get out of it. They might do some things in the flesh that I don't approve of. But if they're preaching the word and they're preaching to help people, then I've never got offended, even if it hits me like a ton of bricks. You know what I'm saying? It's not in the nature to get offended over preaching. It's a natural for any sheep to want to grow and feed on the word of God. First Peter 2.2 2 says this, As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that we may grow thereby. If we respond to the shepherd when he is feeding us, we will grow in the grace and move from the milk to the meat of the word of God. Paul had to minister to the church of Corinth because they were a bunch of babes and they never grew up. They were always on the milk. They were content with it. They never even had a desire, Brother Rob, to move to the strong meat at all. 
And that's what we have in our church, a bunch of babies that get offended by every little thing. When you're right with God, you don't get offended like that. You just get better. You improve. And you appreciate what the shepherd is doing. Um, Hebrews 13, 14 says, For everyone that, that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But strong meat belongeth unto them that are of full age. Even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. We don't have discernment in our churches because we have a bunch of babies that's never grown up. And they get mad over every little thing. We have spiritual babies all over this world because they think they know more than the shepherd. Yeah, it's a dangerous place to be in. Um, I love this. An eagle's diet consists mostly of meat. Almost everything they eat by the gym is meat. And because of that, they are fully mature at the age of five years old. Think about if we did that. Think about if we hungered after the meat, how quick we could mature. God gives us eagles for an example. Be good to the shepherd, follow him, and he will take care of the rest. So in closing, are you close to the shepherd or far away? Number one, are you fearless? Are you allowing him to control your life? Can you hear his voice? Do you feel his touch? And are you listening to instruction? That's, that's it.